Okay, so hopefully tonight we will go ahead and we will polish off the remainder of Lachadodi. Are we here? Um, we have a few paragraphs to uh, to complete, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to uh, to do it. Yeah, let me go ahead and bring up the uh, the screen. The screen. Yeah, thank you. Okay, it's there. It's there. It is there. Going to get you guys all oriented. Okay, so when we left off, um, last week was we are up to the. Uh, so he had done. If you remember, we said that the way it's structured, that there are nine paragraphs. They spell out Shlomo HaLevi, and then the final paragraph of the boy, Vishalom. So uh, Shlomo HaLevi is the author's name. Each paragraph begins, each stanza begins with a different letter. So we did the first two are Shabbos. The last one is Shabbos. And then six in the middle have to do with the future Geula, have to do with the uh, the future redemption. So last week, we did the Shin, and we, we did an overall introduction. And then we did the Shin and the Lamed, both Shabbos related. We did the mem of the word Shlomo. So then, which is already uh, shifting into the geula, into the redemption part of the uh, of the uh, the poem or the song. And then, so today we're going to finish it off, hopefully with the geula topics as well as with the uh, the final Shabbos one. Okay, so where we are up to is uh, the first hey. This is the end of his name. He's naari me'afar kumi. We say that you should go ahead and you should, we'll read and translate and then we'll go back. That you should, uh, hisna'ari means to shake something. Lina'er is to uh, to shake something, to move something. So me'afar kumi. And then we say that you should shake off all of the dust. Kumi, and you should arise, you should stand up. ami, Wear the garments of the glory of my people. Al-yad ben yishai and this is going to come about, as we're, as we're going to see, exactly how it unfolds. But this is going to come out through the Ben Yishai, the son of Yishai, that is David HaMelech, Beis Halachmi, the one from Beis Lechem. So we identify the place where he's from. Harva El Nafshi Allah, and draw close to my nefesh, and go ahead and redeem it. Rabbi. Yes. Are you sure we did three last week? I have Mark here, uh, just the first two. No, we did three. Okay. We definitely yeah. did three. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I think we, I think we did. Um, so uh, we say over here that the... Uh, nice, nice farm. We say, so this idea, he's not he's not offer kumi. That we ask our Kaddish Baruch Hu to uh, to shake off the dust of our uh, and, and he should arise. So the offer over here, the Eitz Yosef, one of the commentators in the uh, the Otsar Tzvilo Sitter. So he says that what we're talking about, the dust they're referring to, is obviously figurative dust. Going back to to this line, it's figurative dust, and what it refers to is it's the dust which accumulated from Ba'avur Ha'evel Vehatsar. As a result of the mourning, these are uh, accumulations of gullus through the mourning which we have uh, which we have experienced. 
and the pain that we have uh, we have undergone as we li- as we live through um, uh, the uh, the Gullis. So we want that upon Hakadosh Baruch Hu giving comfort to Yishalayim, which is what we began to mention in the previous paragraph. So this will allow us to get up, to rise, to wipe off all of the uh, the, the dirt, and go ahead. And that is the uh, the uh, the first thing. Now, when we say that in the next line, where it says "Livshi big day sifartech ami," that wear the garments of my people. So there's an interesting debate over here. What exactly we're referring to? How exactly to formulate this uh, this sentence? So some people say that what's going on over here is that uh, that we're, it's a call to Yishalayim. The Yishalayim should arise. The Kumi is a call to Yishalayim. Liv day sifartech, and you Yishalayim should wear your beautiful garments. What are the beautiful garments that Yishalayim wears? Ami, that is my nation. So in terms of the way cities the way cities go, so the best way to adorn or to clothe or to make the city fancy is to go ahead and have the people, by Israel, go ahead and return. So that is one pshat that uh, that we have. And then another pshat, which uh, which we have is that the Siddur Avodas Yisrael, one of the uh, uh, authoritative Siddur, both in terms of commentary, in terms of Nusaf, the word, the correct wording, and the correct uh, Nukudos and, and, and whatnot, and understanding that. So he says, he actually goes at it, he uh, reads this more poetic than anything else. And he reads these first two lines together, and he says that this is not a call to Yerushalayim, but rather we begin at the end of these two sentences. We say, Ami, my nation, it's a call to Kla Yisrael. We say, Hisnari Miafar, that you should go ahead and you, Kla Yisrael, shake off all of the dust which is accumulated. Kumi, you should arise. Uh, um, there's a Komumius somewhere in there. But uh, Komumius, being able to uh, to return to Yishalayim standing upright, is one of the indicators that we are proud and that we are uh, we are empowered. So, uh, so this is a kumi. So arise and klai yourself should be leave should be desifartek and klai yourself should go ahead and should wear their beautiful garments as we return to Yishalayim. So rather than this being a call to Yishalayim to get themselves ready or put on their beautiful clothing, which is klai Yisrael. So the Siddur of Odes Yisrael learns it as a call to Klai Yisrael to, to, Klai Yisrael to get up and to, uh, to move on, and then to experience the dimension. And then we say, that al-yad ben Yishai beis halachni. And that this is going to come about specifically through the, uh, the uh, um, ben Yishai. We want our redemption to come through the son of Yishai, the one from Beis Lachem. And this is... They go ahead and they uh, they base this on I think it's a medrash or a chazal, but it says uh, the Iyun Tfila explains It says that there was a partial redemption or partial return to Shalayim in the time at the uh, uh, at the beginning of the second Besamikdash that was brought about through Korish and Daryavash. After the uh, the Purim story is when that began to uh, to unfold. 
or even the a redemption which came about through a Jewish source, such as Bar Kokhba, we don't want that redemption either. The redemption that we're looking for is one which is going to be permanent, it's one which is going to be long-lasting, one which is going to last forever, and that's specifically and that's the one that we want to come about specifically from Mashiach ben David, rather than any other uh, place, and that is going to be, ultimately it's going to lead to the Harvel uh, Nafshi, and it will go close to my to my soul, and from in in from the uh, the exile, get Allah. So we should go ahead and we should be redeemed. Okay, and then yeah, then we say in the next paragraph, he's Ori, he's Ori. So we call Yerushalayim to go ahead and arise. And it's interesting over here, although there's a lot, there's an ayin and a resh in both, we have the word hisnari, which is to shake off the dust in the previous paragraph. Hisori, hisori over here is, uh, although you have a similar ayin resh, it's a different word. And this means the orer is to awaken. So we call on uh, Yerushalayim to go ahead and wake up. Hiva orech because your light has come, kumi ori. And we go ahead and we say, these are instructions, kumi, when we accent it on the first syllable rather than on the second syllable. So that's how we know it's sivui, it's instructive. So you say, kumi, arise, similar to what we said in the previous stanza, ori, and go ahead and shine all of your light. Um, then we say, Again, if you're not uh, looking inside of a sitter, so in the, the way we Ashkenazim pronounce things, so it all sounds the same. But then we say, Uri, Uri, Shirdaberi. So the word Uri over here is with an ayin, doesn't mean to shine your light. This is more similar to what we, the paragraph begins with. We said, He's Uri. So we say, Arise. We repeat, Arise. Shirdaberi, go ahead and sing a song. Kavod Hashem Alaych Nigla, because. The honor of Hashem is something which is being revealed upon the uh, upon you, and this is the Iyun Tefillah explains over here that the Hisori is uh, we turn back to Yerushalayim. We turn our attention back towards Yerushalayim once again, uh, and we call on it to wake up from the fact that Yerushalayim has been in a slumber. Although there may be people living there, and although there may be, uh, you know, a 21st century city with light rails and all sorts of exciting things which are going on over there, but nonetheless, in terms of a ruchnius uh, perspective, in terms of a spiritual perspective, so Yushalayim, without having had a Beis Amikdash, so has it really been fulfilling its purpose? And therefore, we ask Yushalayim to go ahead and arise and to, uh, to awaken. That, uh, which is a fulfillment of what the uh, the uh, the language which the Navi himself uses, the Navi Yeshaya uses. Well, we go ahead and we say that this is a time to uh, to uh, to shine your light once again. The Beis Hamikdash is considered to be the light of the world, and therefore that's something which we would uh, like to be able to experience. And the Kvod Hashem Alaych Nigla, where you go, and. That the, at that point we'll be able to go ahead and see the Shekhinah as it resides in Yerushalayim, 
So that then becomes a source of light, and that's going to be a source of honor, which will, will be revealed upon Yerushalayim itself. Remember that hay was the first hay of the uh, of Halevi. Then, and I'm not sure why, I've never uh, fully researched the, uh, the, the the topic, I haven't sufficiently researched the, uh, the topic, but many people have the practice, we don't do it so much in Shul all the time, but sometimes, that they switch tunes by the Lose Voshi. Why exactly we switch tunes at the Lose Voshi? So as I said, I'm not 100% sure why that, that is done, but that's something which is not uh, an unusual practice. But we say over here that this is once again a call to Yerushalayim, that lo sevoshi velo sikalmi. So you should not be ashamed, nor should you be humiliated. And this obviously is a, uh, a, a, a addressing the fact that through our gullus, one of the uh, the consequences of being in exile, we're seeing this now with whatever that court is, which is uh, you know deliberating whether or not the uh, Israel has been violating some uh, genocide. Uh, laws or uh, or rule against that so this is something which is humiliating it's a, it's a, it's shaming for the uh, for the Jewish people but upon the uh, the moment of redemption or upon the event of the redemption so we will no longer have to be ashamed or humiliated and furthermore once we're in that position of power and confidence so then we can say so why is it that you are which would mean to be bent over why are you experiencing the uh, the world in this slouched over position, which indicates a sense of fear and a sense of submissiveness, and also from uh, uh, you may be one may be bent over in pain, umatahemi, and why do you go ahead over here? Tahemi refers to making the so a wailing sound. So the, some mafarshim say that tahemi is related to this wailing sound. Some people have it as a, a, a more related to the way they translate it over here in terms of being shocked. So being out of your element, being uh, out of place. So why should Klai Yisrael, or why should really you, Yushalayim, why should you continue to experience the world from that perspective? And here also, we're going to have to go ahead and figure out poetically how exactly these sentences are structured, but line by line, we say that within you, the afflicted of my people seek refuge. So the Amiye Ami, those who are afflicted from my nation, Bach, inside of you, Yushalayim, Yechesu, we will find shelter, we will find peace, we will find protection, safety, and security. Vinivnisa, and upon the redemption which occurs when Mashiach ben Yosef uh, arrives. So then after that, one of the things that you're going to experience is that. The Nivna Sa'ir, the city will be rebuilt. And it's not just the city in terms of having buildings and whatnot, but it's the spiritual life of Yushalayim, meaning the Beis Amikdash, will be rebuilt. Al-Tila on the uh, site, on its former site. But really, it's a little bit more than that. Some of the Mephoshim say that Tila refers to the fact that Yushalayim spiritually is considered to be the top of the world, the highest point of the world, which is obviously interesting thing to go ahead and understand when the world is a, is a globe. So how do you have the highest point on there, whichever side you're on, that would seemingly be the highest, but obviously it's intended in terms of a spiritual nature, that it's going to be the highest point. 
But that's what we want, that Yushalayim is going to be that place which everybody is going to look to for spirituality, for connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for guidance in terms of the proper way to live their, their lives. And that's going to be a second stage after the Gula. Initially, Mashiach comes and the Jewish people are redeemed. And then here we are saying that afterwards, Yushalayim will be rebuilt. And in that rebuilt place is where we're going to experience salvation and security. And we won't have to run around afraid anymore or slouched over or bent over or any of those types of any of those types of things. Now, this idea of Bach Yechesu, this uh, this last part, which we said, the last two lines of the stanza, when we said, we translated it as, when you go just sequentially, as you read it sentence by sentence, it says that within you, the afflicted of my people seek, will seek refuge. So Bach Yechesu Aniyayami, V'nivnesa Ir Altiwa. So the Iyun Tfila says, um, he says that, that he reads it, the uh, the last stanza, the way he explains it poetically, is the fourth line and then the third line. Meaning that, that upon the occasion of Yushalayim being rebuilt on its former site, where it, uh, it used to, uh, where it used to be, and with now the power of Mashiach and the power of our redemption, then what's going to happen is, once we have such a city, then, then we go back to a line. Then the people will, uh, the people who have been afflicted, the people who have suffered, the people who have experienced the anti-Semitism and the suffering of the uh, of the world. So now they will have a place to go ahead and seek refuge, specifically in that uh, in that location. So that is where the uh, that is how the uh, the Iun the, the sorry. Goes that and explains that uh, explains that line. Then, um, right. Then we say, that those who go ahead and who uh, seek to those who oppress you, those who seek to trample you, limshisa really refers to those who trample. So those v'hayu limshisa that they will be trampled. Those who trampled you. Again, a poetic way of uh, structuring the sentence, but those who have trampled you. So at this time of Gula, so they will uh, they will receive their, their due. They will be repaid back for uh, how they uh, they treated Klai Yisrael. And all those who devoured you, Bala, the, that word Bala, over there, so that refers to, to swallow. So those who sought to swallow the Jewish people, so they will be they will be distant, they will be sent far away. They will be anywhere near us to be able to harm us, to be able to impact us, to be able to uh, to mistreat us anymore. And once we find ourselves uh, freed from our enemies and safe from our enemies without fear of retribution or without fear of harm, so then what will happen is, or, or maybe simultaneous with that, is going to be so Kadosh Baruch Hu is going to rejoice over the relationship that he now has. Because remember that uh, post-Chorban, uh, uh, once the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed and the Jewish people are exiled and Klai Yisrael is exiled, so that constituted a separation 
in terms of the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael, although obviously Hashem is always with us in the circumstance that all of us here have, have experienced, it's always been an experience of Hester Panim. It's always been an experience where HaKadosh Baruch Hu has been hidden and he's been concealed from us, and we don't have the opportunity to be able to rejoice together in a public way and in a way which is going to uh, where we could uh, uh, feel in a very tangible way HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. But at this future point of Geula, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to, the relationship is going to be restored to that close relationship, not with HaKadosh Baruch Hu hiding somewhere, but it's going to be manifest in this very public way. So this is going to lead to this tremendous joy that not only Kal Yisrael is going to experience, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself is going to experience. He is going to be in this state of joy. And that state of joy is manifest in the way which the biggest example, the most uh, powerful example that the Nevi'im use in order to express this concept of joy is Himsos Chasan Al-Kala. The same way that a Chasan is able to rejoice with his Kala, the uh, the celebration and the excitement of a Chasana. So that is how the uh, Rav Shoma Alkavetz goes ahead and characterizes what the joy of the uh, redemption of the Gula is going to be, not vis-a-vis our perspective, but vis-a-vis HaKadosh Baruch Hu's perspective, that he's going to experience this in this incredibly powerful uh, way. And, uh, right, so on this idea that we say, uh, going back to the to the beginning, um, right, so this is, so what we're seeking out over here is that uh, the Eitz Yosef says, yeah, he says, Anachnu what we are asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu for, when we ask that our oppressors should be destroyed or those who trampled us should be trampled, we want that the Nevuah of Yirmiyah Yirmiyah, who prophesies not only about the destruction of the base of Mikdash, happened to be the destruction of the first base of Mikdash, but we want what he saw in terms of the future to be manifest. And he go, we go ahead and quote a pasuk, and then we say in the same way, those who sought to devour us, they go together, those who sought to devour us should also be distant, meaning that Ratzalomar, so the uh, this idea of uh, of destruction over here, or the being swallowed, he says Hamashrisim Osach. Beis Yosef says that those who sought to destroy you, Yumruchakim, they should be uh, a distance away. How far away do we want them? all the way to the other end of the world, and they won't even have access to Eretz Yisrael, Yerushalayim. They won't be anywhere near us whatsoever. So it's not even like they are right there and they can still lob missiles uh, from where they are into uh, into Shalim, into Eretz Yisrael. We want them at such a distance away that they have no access to us whatsoever. And it's upon that sense of security that we will be able to go ahead and we will experience um, our, uh, of, uh, the, the safety and the joy and the happiness, which is obviously a major part of the Geula. Then we say, Yomin Usmol Tifrotzi, 
this is the end of Halevi. This is the end of the, uh, this is the final uh, stanza, which contains the, the signature of Rav Shoma Alkabetz. So this is the Yud of Halevi. And this is also, as we mentioned, this is the final stanza that has to do with the Geula, that has to do with the redemption, because the ninth and final uh, section returns back to the topic of Shabbos. But here we say that Yamin Usmol Tifrotzi Ufaratsta. So this is going to be that that there's going to be this major expansion. Here they translated as spread, but it's going to be this major expansion of Akash Baruch's presence and the spirituality in the world is going to go right and left. And Yushalayim also is going to go ahead and become stronger than all of the other nations which surround it, which seek to destroy it, the uh, its enemies. The Es Hashem Ta'aritzi. And Hashem is also going to go ahead and he is going to, they will extol the might of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the word Ta'aritzi is not simply a, 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 a synonym of the word praise, but it's one where we're specifically praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu because of his strength. And we're going to acknowledge, the world is going to acknowledge that the uh, that the power is not coming from any other source other than Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the source of all power. And how is that going to happen? How is that going to unfold? That there's going to be this spreading of this awareness of God and spirituality, and that the uh, that the Hashem's strength is going to be praised and acknowledged. That's going to come about Al Yad Ish Ben Partsi. That's going to come about through the man who is the descendant of Peretz. So this, again, is a reference to David HaMelech, David HaMelech, Mashiach ben David. It's a reference to the uh, the arrival of Mashiach, who is the descendant of Peretz ben, Ye- ben Yehuda. And upon that occasion, once again, the Nismecha v'Nagila. So there's going to be this tremendous amount of joy and happiness and rejoicing, which is going to be experienced in the world at the, at, at that time. Now there is now the um the idea that we go ahead and we we're we're usually not shy to go ahead and refer to David Amalekh or refer to Mashiach, although in Shmonesa we don't really refer to Mashiach so much, but it's not like it's a term which is so foreign to us. And yet over here we go ahead and we refer to him as the Ben Partsi, as the son of the uh, of Peretz. And uh yeah, and they say now this is based on the reference is based on the medrash. The medrash says that medrash Rabba says Haven shechata Adam Arishan. Very uh, uh, interesting idea that when Adam Arishan went ahead and sinned, niskalkalu. So the whole world was disrupted. The whole world was set uh, amok. It was uh, was uh, it became disorganized. Vaod enan chosen tikunam. And the world does not return to its order. The world does not return to its uh, ideal state of existence. Until the son of Peretz arrives. So we have a, a, a source. This can be traced back to the Medrash to go ahead and refer to David, uh, to refer to Mashiach as a descendant of Ben Peretz. And, uh, but this is something which is um, a uh, uh, um, an interesting um, reference, not only because it's something which is not common, but it's also something which some of the other Mephorshim point out that this highlights 
one of the things which you would think we would want to go ahead and we would want to bury and conceal in the annals of history. Because this son of Peretz ben Yehuda, so he came about from his relationship with Tamar when he didn't realize that it was his daughter-in-law. And we know that the history of Mashiach is based on all sorts of relationships which are not ideal relationships. Uh, David and Bathsheba and Yehuda and Tamar and even goes to Lot and his daughters from which a Rus comes from. So we have all sorts of relationships and all sorts of history uh, in background to Mashiach ben Yosef. But this is something which ultimately we're not shy about. We don't try and conceal. We don't try and um, uh, pretend it's something which did not happen. So we go ahead and we refer to him with this reference specifically in this uh, this context in order to emphasize that we ultimately are going to embrace our history, our circumstances, who we are and what we are. And it's something which uh, is going to be part of the Geula process. Besides the Medrash, so it's not coincidental, and before I point this out, that in the in the end of the first line, we say Tifrotzi, Peresh Sadi, and then Mashiach is referred to as Ben Partsi, also Peresh Sadi. So we have some sort of uh, I don't know, literary device that would be, that we go ahead, besides the rhyme of it, but there's some literary, whatever literary device that we're going to use in order to use, although they're two der- very different words. One is a person's name, and one means to expand and to, uh, to grow, but nonetheless, it's something which uh, fits in very nicely in this uh, this paragraph that we're going to use the, a, a, a reference to the name of Mashiach, which is going to match a reference which we had already made in this, uh, this paragraph anyways. Um, right. Okay, so this now is... Um, um, so now, as we go into the the final paragraph, so we say, so the uh, the Nasiv Bina, so he writes that Habai, that this last paragraph, the one which goes back to Shabbos, so this final and concluding uh, stanza of the Chadodi goes back to the original topic that we began with, which is the Shabbos Queen. And it is an invitation to Shabbos to enter into Jewish homes, as well as into the uh, into the heart of the Jewish people, as well as its neshama. So here we say, So we say, come in peace. This is a call to Shabbos. Again, we're switching from Yushalayim and Gula, and now we're back onto the Shabbos theme. So we say, come in peace, the crown of her husband, and this is going to be a time of joy. Tzahala is a loud amount of uh, of excitement which is going on. And we want you, Shabbos, to arrive amidst emune, those who are faithful to you. The word emune is in there. So those who are faithful to you, Amsagula, the treasured nation, we know by Matan Torah is referred to as the Amsagula. Boichala, Boichala. And then we say, come, O bride, come, O bride. So this is... Uh, now, it's interesting that uh, the Yisod V'Shor Avoda, uh, a Sefer which is very much focused on spirituality in the sense of, we've talked about the Sefer before, drawing our attention to what we should be thinking about and what the inner meaning of different filas and different mitzvahs happens to be. 
So the Yisod Vishor Sharon of Havoda, although he was Litvish, but he goes ahead and he draws very heavily on uh, Kabbalistic ideas in the uh, ideas from the Arizal. So he says, he doesn't explain why, but he says that according to the Arizal, you should actually say three times rather than two. Two times say it out loud. And then the third time you should say it quietly. And afterwards you're going to say Shabbos Malkas, that's going to be that the bride which you're welcoming in is referred to as the Shabbos Queen. So she's the bride and the Shabbos queen at the same time. And then he says that the Yam Shechalasmo, and through this declaration, the Boichala, Boichala, the whisper, Boichala, and then I'm not sure if you say the Shabbos Malkus aloud or to yourself, but you should have a mind to draw on yourself, Machshabto, in your thoughts. Gam came Besimcha with great and intense joy. and you should think to yourself the following. I'm intending to draw upon myself and the rest of Kla Yisrael the additional soul, because we all are familiar with the idea that we get an, a Neshama Yisera, a Nefesh Yisera, we get an extra soul on Shabbos. So at, at, upon this recitation, upon the conclusion of the Chadodi, this is the moment, according to the Yisod Veshor Shavodah, when we go ahead and we formally draw the Neshama Yaseira upon ourselves and the Kedusha of Shabbos and the sanctity of Shabbos. And that's what we're supposed to be thinking about as we conclude that uh, that particular uh, paragraph. And the... Uh, um, and this idea is... Uh, hold on. Uh, Yeah, and then in the in the Eitz Yosef, so he writes as follows. He says, "Shabbos Gufe Yisrael." So over here, we're we're drawing another idea. He's quoting this from the Marsha, but he says we're drawing another idea, and that is the fact that Shabbos, in some regards, is considered to be the spouse of Klal Yisrael. And we mentioned this in the, I think in the introduction that all the days of the week have a partner. Uh, Sunday, Friday, Monday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Shabbos was left without a dance partner. And Shabbos complained to Akash Baruch and said, hey, how am I going to go ahead and do this dance if I don't have a partner? And Akash Baruch promised Shabbos that your partner is going to be Klai Yisrael. So he say that, and therefore, Shabsa, so Erev Shabbos afternoon, when the time when we would be saying Bechadodi, we actually say it late, because we say it after Shkia usually, but really it would be said before, so that is comparable to bringing the bride under the chuppah. And just like through the Kedushin process, that when the kala enters under the chuppah, so it's at that moment that she becomes a nesua, that's what's considered to be the transition from being engaged to being married. So too, upon the arrival of Shabbos, upon the arrival of the sanctity of Shabbos, Nasis in the Yisrael, it's at that moment that Shabbos and Klai Yisrael are wed. 
So that's the power of the moment at the beginning of Shabbos. This is the moment when the Nisuin takes place, when the marriage actually takes place between Klal Yisrael and, and, and Shabbos, which is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu promised. And he says, Marsha explains that that is why we say that on uh, late Erev Shabbos afternoon, that's why we say, come, O bride, come, O bride. Why do we say it twice? Ratzalomer, the Ratzalomer, we mean to intend what we intend by this uh, this uh, this repetition is, first of all, we're going to w- welcome the bride into the chuppah. That's going to transition her from somebody who is who was um, engaged and designated towards a partner but the marriage has not yet been fully uh, completed. So this is now welcoming the bride of Shabbos under the chuppah to affect Nesuit. And then afterwards, we welcome the bride into the uh, the uh, the chassan's home. Hopefully the chassan has a home. Because after the wedding ceremony itself, so the next stage of solidifying the relationship between the bride and the groom is after the wedding, the bride goes home together with the groom to his home. And that's what we said, that we initially welcome Shabbos. And then after we welcome Shabbos, we want to bring Shabbos into our home. That's what I read to you before from the uh, from the Yisrael Shavona, where he said that we're welcoming uh, the, uh, the Kedusha of Shabbos the uh, um, the um, Akol Yisrael and all of uh, somewhere we mentioned the house. Uh, over here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to draw um, Shabbos into in, in, into the homes. Um, the uh, Right, into in, in each individual home and in each individual Jew. So this is something which is going to be all part of the process of welcoming uh, Shabbos. And we do so, we do so, we said, well, part conveniently for me is still highlighted, the Toch Emune Am Segula. So this is something which is, and the uh, the Slonimer talks about this, and the Siva Shalom talks about this at great length, that there are certain uh, elements of Klai Yisrael existence which could only take place in the event that we are working collectively as a klal rather than as individuals. So just like Matan Torah, we've talked about many times, that Kosh Baruch Hu could not give the Torah to Avram Yisak Yaakov, so Rivka Rachel Balea, as great as they were, and they were incredibly great beyond anything we can imagine, but the Torah couldn't be given to them as individuals. The Torah could only be given to the collective klal Yisrael. So Shabbos is also one of those things which can only be given to Klal Yisrael as a tzibur, as a Klal Yisrael, and it's not something which individually a person is going to be able to access on their own. And one of the places where this is emphasized is, we have a few weeks till we get there, but you'll remember when we get there, is Parshas Vayakel. Parshas Vayakel, uh, people think of Vayakel Pekune is just all Mishkan-based things. It's a review of all of the details of the materials of the Mishkan and the construction of the Mishkan and all the things which were involved in the, in that uh, in that process. But before we go ahead and in Parshas Vayaka, before mentioning the Mishkan, 
So you have an opening three psukim which deal with Shabbos. So clearly we're discussing over there Shabbos, but the introductory pasuk to that is that Moshe Rabbeinu went ahead and gathered the entire congregation of Klai Yisrael, and it's only upon the uh, the collection of all of Klai Yisrael do we have the opportunity to go ahead and connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu via the process of Shabbos. So that's why Shabbos is something where we always want to see this that it's something which we're going to receive when we recognize that as individuals we're not really worthy of Shabbos. Shabbos is so far beyond what we can imagine spiritually and what a person is able to attain that it's something which uh, we cannot do alone. It's only something when we have the collective strength of all of Kla Yisrael and specifically, we refer to Klai Yisrael not as Klai Yisrael, but the Am Segula uh, invoking the idea of Klai Yisrael receiving the Torah. So only when we have a relationship with Torah are we going to be able to draw on that uh, that greater strength and be able to receive the Boichala Boichala to be able to wake to be able to welcome Shabbos and welcome the Shabbos bride into our midst to be able to experience that Neshama Yaseira. Okay, so that is. The end of the end of the uh, the the Chadodi, and 